Hi, I'm Forrest Griffin. Brian Carraway. And Lisa Tate. What's up, guys? This is Joseph Benavidez, UFC flyweight. Hi, this is Greg Jackson, and you're listening to It's MMA Zing, and that is an amazing pun. Get it? Like MMA, but amazing? Amazing. Radio. Welcome to It's I'm Amazing Radio. I am your host, Dr. Law. With me, as always, DJ Mark. What's up? Also with me, Kid Presentable. Howdy, I'm back. And also joining us this week, Lavender Gooms. I'm back with a better manicured goatee. Have you guys missed me? It's not that I long. did notice the goatee was look. I should have mentioned that when you first came on, Mike, I was like, his goatee looks a little sharper than normal. I didn't mention anything. That was my bad. So, um, guys, when we uh, I think it was just me and you last week, Mark, when we ended the podcast, uh, the world was one way. And now the world's a whole different way. Um, there was a UFC event with no crowd, which in itself was absurd that they even did that. And they were apparently going to keep doing UFC events at Indian casinos. That is no longer the case. Um, So now we are at the point where there's no UFC events, except somehow uh, Tony Ferguson versus Khabib Nurmagomedov is going to happen. And uh, it's more important than any pandemic. Yeah, exactly. Um Apparently, um, Dana White says it may not happen in the United States, uh, but it's going to happen. And Mark went to Mark's mind. You went to the same place I did. Mark, what's your guess? Well, yeah, international waters. There is no law or virus. So exactly. Exactly. Um, so uh, we're going to keep doing a show every week uh, to the best of our abilities. Um, if you like the podcast where we just talk about nonsense. This can be great for you, man. And I mean, we we have the perfect setup for you know a coronavirus world. I mean, we're already doing social distancing. Exactly, we are far away from each other. Mm-hmm. I mean, Bob, have you listened to any other podcasts? Like, you act like anyone's got content right now. That's true. Everyone's talking about the same thing. We're all isolated in our homes with the internet. No movies are coming out. TV shows are stopping production. Like, all we have is just talking about. What are we doing to pass the time? Yep. Just well, I finally watched the season finale of Billions, season four. Pretty yeah, good. I didn't really dig that. It didn't really do anything oh, really? for me. Yeah, I don't know, man. I don't really care. It didn't make me excited for the next season. Just putting that out there. Um, All right, I can see that. Anyway, um, yeah, guys, this is the way it is for a while. Um, just everybody, be smart about this. We're not your. I'm not your fucking. You know, run out your parents to give you advice, but for the love of God, let's just, you know, everybody listen to what they're telling you to do. Not the president. Listen to the other people. Listen to the people who went to school. Listen wash to- your hands. Wash your hands for the chorus of Get Low. All right. It's about 20 seconds. Exactly. Wash your hands. Well, that's a better advice than like the birthday song twice. I always thought that was dumb. I was like, no, nah, okay, you know what? Just think of a song that's 20 seconds long. Don't think of one that's 10 seconds. I have to sing it twice, especially the most repetitive, annoying song like that. Really bad I, advice. I would, I would like, tell you that I would tell you that's that's a joke, but I actually do enjoy while I wash my hands just going to the window, to the wall, to the sweat drip down my balls. It's a good song. That, that's good advice, Mike. That's better than happy birthday. And then you finish it and you're like, well, let's do it one more time because that song is already repetitive. Go I on, really Bob. do enjoy like, like finishing up like the last few seconds. I'm just, oh, skeet, 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 skeet. Mike, you really had to say finishing up and then say skeet, 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 huh? That's, <laughs> that's, that was a coincidence. So, so I just want to say again, we are four minutes into the first coronavirus podcast. And, and Mike it's is, 2006 again. Yeah. That is what happens. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, yeah, um, if there's fights, we'll talk about fights. If there's news about fights, we'll talk about that. Um, I'm just reading right now Luis Smolka saying that uh, they should just live stream sparring sessions on YouTube. And hardcore fans will enjoy that. I'll be honest. If you if they throw hard enough, I'll watch a sparring session on YouTube. I'm still convinced we're going to get Tony versus Khabib at American uh, Kickboxing Academy in San Jose. Anyway, that's where we're going to film that, I'm guessing, probably. But um, You guys can choose all your locations you want, but back when they announced that, 
my outside pick, my real pick for that fight <laughs> of not occurring is it is looking awesome right now. Like, but, man, but man, you weren't thinking pandemic was the thing that was going to do it in. You know, in fairness, Mike, in the, the last time around, I wasn't thinking Tony looks to the left because someone surprised him would end the fight either. OK, this I can't call what's going to end this fight. All I know is, is this fight's not going to happen for it those keeping any reason for those keeping score at home. The reasons this fight up canceled is one broken rib. That's the first time. Second time, blood in the lungs. Third time, Khabib eats too much tiramisu. Can't make weight. <laughs> number four, Mike's crying from tiramisu, I think, right now. Um, number four, Tony tears all parts of his knee, tripping on a camera. Cable, I Cause, guess. Because someone said, what's up, yeah. from his blind side. <laughs> Dude got surprised turning around. And if you've seen Tony Ferguson on Instagram, that the fact that that did him in and not the stupid way he lifts weights is amazing. And number five, we're at global pandemic if this thing goes down. Number six, I'm going alien invasion if this goes down another time after this. It, isn't it a bit redundant to say global pandemic? Doesn't pandemic kind of already mean it's global? People are real dumb, Mike. You got to call it global. Um <laughs> So, um, those of you who saw the news, uh, three of the four people on this podcast live in one of the counties in the Bay Area where they told us to go home. So, for the next three weeks, we're all working from home, which I'm not a big fan of, but it is what it is. Um, we're going to do this podcast, though, every week. There are going to be weeks where I tell you guys about the chicken I cooked. That might be this week. But in general, if there's fight news, we're going to talk about fight news. And we're going to talk about the stuff we always talk about. Games, we can get creative. Games, I, I movies. Bobby, I've, for months I had an MMA podcast by myself where there would be no events. Not by any pandemic, but just because like there's one Pride event maybe every one and a half months. You get creative. We're going to talk about favorite fights, best fighters, big guffaws. We can fill in an hour every week. Exactly. Um, all right. So I guess do we even, I mean, we can talk about these fights that happened um, in an empty fucking arena. Mark, um, I think we got to give Charles Oliveira credit finally, huh? He's at age 30, really coming into his own now with this win streak and a win over a, the his biggest win of his career this past week, finishing Kevin Lee. Yeah, I thought he had a fantastic performance from the first round to the finish of the fight. Um, I think the first round I thought was really interesting and compelling because I actually kind of had Charles winning that round, um, even though he was on the bottom the vast majority because pretty early on, I mean, to break down the fight, uh, Charles was doing pretty good on the stand-up. He was throwing a lot of kind of crazy stuff that was throwing off Kevin Lee at first. Uh, halfway through that first round, he did catch Oliveira with some good strikes and prompted Oliveira to shoot for a takedown, which was kind of perplexing. You know, you really thought Kevin Lee would be the one to pull the trigger on taking this fight to the ground, and Charles wouldn't really have a great avenue to get there. Um, his takedown wasn't really super successful. He kind of ended up pulling guard and fighting off of his back, but doing a really good job fighting off his back. And that's kind of why I gave him the round is even though Kevin was on top, he basically had to defend the whole three minutes he was there. And he got in some positions where Charles is, you know, threatening legs where he potentially, if he could get his balance and could be able to strike, could really put some great ground and pound on Charles. But Charles was so smart on the bottom, constantly attacking legs, making Kevin Lee not be able to set up for these big punches. And it wasn't until the very um, you know, closing 30 seconds of the round where Kevin Lee finally got a chance to lay down some heavy ground and pound. He did. He landed like three really strong punches towards the end and then even did some some decent ground and pound from the guard, you know, landing some elbows, which might have been enough for, I, I think, you know, I wouldn't put it past the judges to give Kevin Lee that round because he finished fairly strong and he was on top, but I was super impressed with Charles Oliveira, just how active he was on the bottom, constantly threatening with, if it wasn't legs to, to, to keep Kevin moving, he was threatening with triangles and arm bars. He was really throwing everything at Kevin to make him work on top, which I think paid big dividends in the second round where we saw Charles in the standup for whatever reason, he, he must have read something on Kevin because he completely stopped respecting his power. He started staying in the pocket, throwing punches and scoring, um, which resulted in Kevin Lee shooting a takedown successfully, getting Charles Oliveira down. And in the beginning, you know, we saw Charles again, very active from bottom, doing a lot of stuff to keep Kevin moving and acting. And it was weird. Once Charles tried to get back up and Kevin Lee kind of grabbed him and kind of slammed him back down, Charles 
stopped working from the bottom. It was weird. I almost thought he might have had an injury because he completely stopped trying to get guard, threatening with positions, making Kevin work from the top. It's either he got hurt and needed to kind of take some time to recover, or he kind of decided, like, look, it, I'm... I want to get this feet, this fight back on the feet, and I'm being so active on the bottom, they're not going to stand us back up. So maybe he thought, like, I'm just going to hold this guy down and just wait for the stand-up to come, which I, I don't know if that was a, a great strategy. Ultimately, Kevin Lee, you know, was able to keep it on the ground, and I think ultimately won the second round. In that third round where I thought maybe Charles would have, or Kevin Lee might have, his gas tank might have been dipping. He was throwing really hard in the beginning. He came out of the third round throwing a lot of heavy punches. But again, Charles, really not too concerned about the power, was sitting in the pocket and exchanging with Kevin. And it wasn't until Kevin Lee ate a really strong front kick to the body that he shot in again. And this time, Charles started working for submissions a little bit more um, and was able to get a really tight guillotine um, when he was transitioning to stand up. He jumped into guard. Kevin Lee tried to fight it for a sec, ended up tapping um, Charles let go of the um, of the choke right then, and, I, and Bobby, we discussed this after the fight, and I, I totally agree with you. Kevin Lee immediately after he let go and tried to get up, tried to continue to fight, and I think what happens because the tap out was so clear that Kevin Lee feeling, you know, if you've ever been choked unconscious, and I haven't, but I've been close, you see the tunnel vision start closing in. I'm pretty sure dude was getting that tunnel vision, and right before it went to pitch black, he hit the tap. And he passed, probably passed out for milliseconds, woke back up just to see Charles getting back up and, and thought the fight was still going Yeah, on. I mean, uh, he really uh, – uh, Jorge Masvidal came out of Kevin Lee saying it was a bitch move and yada, yada, yada. But I really don't think Kevin Lee's that good of an actor. Like, it was pretty clear he didn't know what was going on when he woke up and the referee was separating him from Charles. Like, I think he tapped out and didn't realize he had, to be honest. Cause yeah, and, 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 and watching the fight, the camera angle you first get at the tap is like, ooh, did he tap out? I didn't get a super clear look, but I saw what clearly looked like three, four, five taps. And they showed on replay, and it is crystal clear. So there was really no – and I think that ha- – yeah, because I don't – I really don't think Kevin Lee tapped out and then thought, like, he could pull yeah, that I, off. I, I don't think Kevin Lee's that slick. Um, Steph, Kevin Lee, big loss, missed weight, really coming off of a great performance against Gillespie. Um, said he were not going to see him fight for a while. You know, you hear that from fighters sometimes, though. Given the current climate, we may not see anybody fight for a while. I mean, have we just, you know, we've seen this man's peak. He's going to be around five, four in this good weight class. Really good weight class, but never really going to break through the top. Um, It's tough to say. Uh, it's just kind of going back for a second. You know, one thing that was really nice with the kind of empty arena is you could kind of hear everyone talking. And so at the end of the fight, you got to hear, um, what is his name? Mike Beltran. Is that the ref's name? Beardy? Yeah, uh, that's Beltran. Yeah. yeah, he's one of the uh, kind of unsung really good refs in the game right now. Um, his name doesn't come up often, and that's a sign of a great referee. Um, he doesn't really fuck things up. He's really solid. And the first thing he said to Kevin Lee, and you could hear it clear as day, is like, you'll see it on the replay. Like, you tapped, you tapped. It's You'll see yeah, it on the replay. He wasn't going to get in some sort of you know. weird pissing match. He's like, just look at the re- look at the replay. We'll talk after, basically. Um, but So that was really good. Um, in terms of Kevin Lee, uh, you can never say never. Um, we've seen guys that like Tyron Woodley, like Hector Lombard, that we they went very large swaths of their career having gas tank issues, uh, not knowing how to manage their load, not knowing when to be explosive, and we saw it get better at random points in their career when you might have given up on them. So, you know, there's still a lot of talent there. Um, you brought up the Gillespie win, and as like spectacular as that was, I was really surprised when someone pointed out that outside of that kick, he's he's still three and four. Uh, in terms of losses in his last few fights. Like, uh, it's a rough go for him. Um, maybe he just needs the time off. Maybe he needs... Uh-oh. It's, it's... You're still there. Go ahead, buddy. Oh, um, it's something we s- said about Phil Davis back in the day is maybe this guy's just fighting too often that he's not actually taking enough time to really implement new wrinkles into his game. He's still kind of he's still kind of the sprawl and brawl type guy. Uh, he goes for the wrestling when the takedowns aren't taken, but you know, there's not a lot of dyna- dynamism to his attacks. So uh, maybe he needs to work on that. But that said, I think more than, you know, the disappointment of Kevin Lee, it's Oliver has really come a long way. Like the dude started so young in MMA. Um, and you know, in terms of watching guys progress, here's a guy that we gave up on. Cause it seemed like he was mentally weak. He seemed like he was a front runner. It seemed like he couldn't take a punch. He took some shots from Kevin Lee. Kevin oh, Lee yeah. landed really good shots on him. But, you know, how long did that 
picture of him taking a jab from Cerrone and then just crumbling to the mat. Like, how long did that stick with us? And how long did we hold that against Oliveira? But now here he is on a seven-fight win streak with, like, the biggest win of his career. So, you know, you guys can always change in this game. Both of them are still really, really young. And, you know, the, the, the skill set I mean, is there. It's can they put it all together. You win seven. You win didn't seven. he have a weird uh, – he had a weird knockout of um... – when uh, Cub Swanson knocked him out as well, right? I think it was Max Holloway, the one where like he got punched and he like his neck hurt, hurt and it was weird and it was like a minute into the fight and everybody was just like, okay, that was yeah. He just used to crumble if he couldn't get the sub early. He, you know, he and then all, but then it, the thing was he couldn't knock you out. But lately he's been yeah, he developing was like 20, better power. He was like twenty three during those times too. The man's thirty years old. You win seven straight fights in the lightweight division and all seven by finish. They got to give you a real motherfucker to fight here, man. And they did. Um, I think he's one away. It, I mean, you could give it to him now. But this division's so packed. Whatever. But I think one more. Um, we'll see what we get from Kevin Lee. Uh, He'll fight Gaethje, right? No one wants to fight Gaethje. No one wants to fight Gaethje. Gilbert Burns, Damian Maya. I was feeling real good at the beginning of this. Damian Maya taking this other jujitsu world champions back real quick and stuff. And then he got knocked out. Um, I mostly want to talk about the fact that we almost got Gilbert Burns versus Tyron Woodley this Saturday. That was a thing because Colby Covington wouldn't accept the fight after saying he would. I don't know. Um, Gilbert Burns is, uh, got himself a bit of a, you know, bit of a streak here here, Steph. It's five in a row. I'm kind of in the same vein though of, uh, Oliveira, you know, you got to give him a step up. You got to give him a big name. I mean, Damian Myers is a name. But at the same time, uh oh, your internet's okay. Steph, you back? Uh, hello. Yeah, go ahead, man. Um, yeah, just saying. You know, Maya's a big name, but at a, as a forty-three-year-old guy, it's tough to think of him as a true litmus test. So, yeah, you know, this guy definitely deserves someone in the top ten. I, I can't tell you who though. Um, Moicano, big bounce back win against Hadzovich. The highlight of the fight being at the end after he finished where. Moicano told Hadzovich, I wanted to fight you. I wanted to fight with you more. And Hadzovich said, you shouldn't have tapped me out then. <laughs> you shouldn't have choked me. I think it's what he said, which was pretty funny. Um, Nikita Krylov getting a win over Johnny Walker. I feel Johnny Walker did look better in this fight. But, I mean, I, this was also one where I said there's no way it's going to decision. And then it did. It's like the second time these two dudes have been to decision in 70 fights combined. Uh, let, me, let me let me be the hyperbolic one then, Bob. Uh, as the guy who has flown the Johnny Walker flag, the guy who thought that this was the the you know next big thing at light heavyweight, this guy's a bum. This guy <laughs> is a bum. Um, hearing a hearing who lost this weekend. Did I did I win any? Did I did I pick any right this week? <laughs> There's a couple. We all picked the same guy that you. I, I, right? I've been a, I've been a little preoccupied the last few weeks. So I haven't really been putting a lot of homework into my face. We, we, we were all wrong sure with Kevin Lee. Um, me and Mark picked Boo Earns. Mark was the only one who took Krylov. Yeah, Mike, you had a rough week. Yeah, my, Mike. Mark has now tied me for first place. <laughs> so my two-game lead is gone. All right? <laughs> um, it was rough. Yeah, Mark, you went three and one. You had a good week. Um, yeah, and I was happy for Charles. You know, even though uh, I didn't pick him, I was like, that was a damn good performance. I'm okay to be wrong with that one. Yeah, not too bad. And and to go to Krylov, really, um, you know, I, I I picked against Johnny Walker in his last two fights, and I really thought when he fought um, uh, Beast in twenty four seven, what's that guy's name? Uh, Corey Anders, so right? Anders. Yeah, I, I I thought Corey might implement a similar game that Krylov did and, and utilize the wrestling to really stagnate Johnny Walker. That was kind of my question coming in: is that we saw him get get caught in his last fight. But how does he do against a really high-level grappler? Is he going to be able to get off his back? And we kind of mm. saw some answers to those questions. Those are definitely something that he needs to work on still. Um, first, right, I, camp, got one, I got one win. Good job. Yeah, Moicano. Good job. Yep. Um, and a uh, big win for Brandon Moreno. I feel um, he came out of the gate hot when he got to the UFC. Looked like he's about 15 years old. Um, I think he got bounced out of the promotion. He did. He came back. And he's... Uh, Two and two wins and a no contest since he's been back. So we'll see uh, what we get from him. But beating Formiga, these are the fights Formiga likes to lose, guys. Just right here, right when you think Formiga might get a title shot soon, he loses the fight. I think it's really important that he was stuffing the scrambles and the takedowns of Formiga. Mm -hmm. It's not that he just you know punched him up and that was it. Like 
he was winning in the scrambles and he was getting out of really tricky positions on the ground. And that's for Miga's game. So, you know, if you can cancel out that high level of jujitsu, that, that says something. Yeah, Brandon Moreno, I think, is still really young, if I'm not mistaken. 26. So if this division keeps existing, he'll be a factor. Um, Random Marcos got beat like uh, she owed Amanda Rebus money. That was an ass whooping. 30-26 and 30-25s across the board there. That was a slaughter. But she won her last fight, Steph, so she had to lose this one, right? Uh, yeah, Marcos is a little 50. But Rebus is good. Um, yeah. I actually just forgot who she was. But then when I reminded myself looking at her record, she, she's putting together some wins. She's got some good hands. Um, she's an interesting one to watch. Yep. Um, so, yeah. Uh, there's no card this week. We were going to talk about Tyron Woodley and Leon Edwards. I was going to pick Tyron Woodley with not a ton of confidence. Um but then we were going to get Tyron Woodley versus Colby Covington for 20 minutes there. And Covington was relevant again for a few minutes, talking about uh, Ty Quill. And then apparently he didn't accept the fight. So we didn't get it. Um, and then it was going to be Gilbert Burns. And we didn't get that. And then eventually Dana White said, Dana, they said it was only, you can't be more than 10 people. Dana White's like, I can't put on a show with only 10 people in the same, in, a, in, a, in an area, I guess. So um, we're going to somehow get Tony versus Khabib. I don't know how. Um, again, international waters seems like the best option. Um, Indian casino. <laughs> I don't know, man. Throw him in a room. Whoever comes out's champion. How perhaps, uh, perhaps do a nice little cross promotion with carnival cruise. I mean, you could probably have an octagon, uh, on one of those ships, right? Everybody wants to get on a cruise ship too. It's a good plan. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Um, so yeah, um, I don't think we got any other new, the whole, the, honestly, guys, the world's come to a halt. So there's no real other news. So um, have you get... seen that Princess cruise ship that's just docked in in our bay? Yeah, like I'm, I'm not thrilled that, about it. <laughs> that thing is goddamn massive. That's a I city. just did not realize how big that was till I drove across the bridge. They uh, they let everyone off of the ship, right? I don't know. Have they? I'm not okay with that either. Are we? Are they all okay? <laughs> Zombies are on the deck, Bobby. Zombies are on the deck. <sighs> Whatever. You know, um, this uh, this whole corona thing over the last two weeks, it's not a good indication of what would happen if Walking Dead actually did happen. Like, if we Mike, can't confirmation this, how are we going to zombieism? It's an absolute confirmation that that would happen because people are dumb and they're selfish and they don't care if they spread anything around. Oh, what's his name's got the coronavirus? Um, Probably if it's anyone but Trump, you're just going to disappoint me. It's the guy from Game of Thrones. Uh, I forgot his character's name. Anyway, whatever. Wow, that's helpful. Oh, no, I, I forgot the guy. The guy who would, like uh, led the, uh, the Sean wildlings. Bean, the guy who dies and everything. No, the guy. The guy who led the wildlings. Oh, I the think... uh, red red haired dude. Yeah, that or guy. the old guy. No, the redhead guy. I forgot his name. Torment. There we go. Torment. He's got it. Oh, that's a shame. Yeah. All right. Um, let's talk about what the fuck you guys want to talk about. Um, anybody? I mean, Stefan, you watch Sonic? Um, not yet. Not yet. <laughs> I, I watched watch a whole lot of other things though because yeah i think uh i may have been the first one to start this whole uh full work from home shtick um man it is you got a real reach for uh content out there but there's good content i've been catching up on all my hbo content um uh, mike watched it back when it came out but i finally went through chernobyl man that's intense to watch Yo, uh, isn't that, that is so stressful i started watching it on the airplane because i was uh they, one of the things they had and i'm like this is not good flying thing like just feeling stressed out hearing alarms blare watching firefighters faces melt off yeah it's you remember that uh the one scene where that one firefighter was straight up translucent yeah that was gross where he was like a gelatinous like blob person and he was just about to like it, it felt like he was just about to melt like he was just gonna pop at some moment but um having seen how good that show is i'm really excited to hear uh, this guy is going to help uh, partner with uh, Neil Druckmann, creator of The Last of Us. Um, possibly my favorite video game of all time. Um, I've beaten it like three times across the PS3 and PS4. So hearing that the two of them are going to be the ones uh, doing the HBO wait, live action adaptation, I am super excited. Wait, wait, who's doing that. it? Who's doing Who's doing Last of Us? And uh, Neil Druckmann, the creator of Last of Us. No, you cut off for a second. Who was the first person? The guy behind Chernobyl. I forget. 
You're, by the way, you're very choppy. Everybody else getting this, or is it just me? It's a guy who well, did what? Chernobyl. I don't know yeah. what, and I told I told Steph on this, and you got to put a caveat on this. Not everything this dude has touched has been pure gold. I thought, it was, I thought it was Damon Lind Lindelof was doing it. That's why I was surprised. Well, I thought okay, it was well, 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 Mark, what, what has he turned to uh, to brass? What did he turn to? Well, I think he did Hangover 3. Scary movie, like four. Look at his credits. I'm just saying, it's not like this dude has just been doing nothing but no hitters. Chernobyl's like the thing is like, oh, this guy might be able to do good work. I didn't know that. And, you know, not, not on him. He might, you know, as a struggling writer, you just have to get the jobs that you're given. And, you know, scary movie four crosses your plate. You're a young writer. Who, who am I to say to turn down the job? I'm just saying the track record isn't like, dude's just like the next phenomenon. He's got some questionable stuff. But, hey, you know, Chernobyl's really good. Uh, Last of Us is an interesting uh, IP, and I'm and what Stefan said. Having Neil Druckmann, the guy who created it, I think is a really strong sentiment that like they're taking it seriously. This isn't just a company selling their IP to be turned into a TV show to, to you know make a quick buck. Uh, the guy that basically created you know this IP is you know one of the heads of the show, so that that puts it in in good good standings. And I think you know what this guy is able to do with Chernobyl, and I haven't seen a lot of his other films. So I mean, look, I didn't see. Uh, what was it? Overhang, uh, Hangover Three. Maybe it was good. Maybe it was better than two. I don't know. Or Scary Movie Four, or like the superhero movie thing he did. I don't know. You know, maybe they were a lot better than I saw. I just, I remember I saw this news, and then everyone was like, "Pump the brakes a little bit." This guy has had. Just, there's some questions here on the resume. Just so you know, Mark, Hangover Three was bullshit. Don't. Well, that's yeah, what I'm saying. I'm just saying. Let's be but careful, Mark. At least what you want is called an upward trajectory. Yes, you know, it's, it's the older work is worse than the most recent work. Those at were least... stepping stones to get to where we are now. I can, that's, I, that's can, I, can I can jive with that. I'm just saying, yeah, look, Mark. I mean, do you think that like Pablo Picasso's first paintings were like masterpieces? They were probably like dog shit stick figures. Well, no, but when he had his first good Picasso. I'm sure there's some people like, look at there's some stinkers first. Let's let's wait until he gets a couple more Picassos out before we start calling Picasso Picasso. Um, um, we also yeah, got. I was gonna sorry, say, what, Stefan mentioned HBO. Um, Westworld came back. I'm still a whole season behind, but if you oh, want yeah, to start I, watching I, Westworld, I, the first season, if you have a Roku, the entire first season is available for free on the Roku channel. Just a heads up, anybody out there trying to look for something to watch. I, I did binge both of those seasons and the lead up to Westworld, and here's what I can say. You can watch season three of Westworld, and you didn't need to watch season two. Season two was a confusing mess. And, like, when I was watching. Season two was a goddamn mess, but season three is such that, like, if you skip season two entirely, like, you'll still be 95% there. So um, watch it at your own if you, if you have time, Bobby, which you will now that you're going to be at home a lot, but. You by no means need to. Dude, I gotta watch season two. Yeah, season two. I just I finished season one, and I understood everything. I really like. I was season clear. One I got it so good. Yeah. Then season two started, and I watched it that night. I didn't figure out what the fuck was going on, and I just said, "I can't watch this. I need some. Uh, I, I need some time." I, I think I pretty much did the same thing with Westworld. Like I watched the first episode of season two, and I'm like, "Ugh." And I'm like, I don't. I don't have the brain power for this right now. This is gonna require too much thinking. That's uh, uh, speaking of the uh, HBO shows. Have you guys watched uh, the documentary McMillions yet? No, you guys know what the documentary McMillions is. I nope. know what it is, um, but I watched the Andre the Giant one. McMillions is on deck. I keep hearing a lot about it. Oh, Andre the Giant one. That one was good. I That's watched that sad. one. It's sad though. I didn't. I never heard his daughter talk in anything ever. It no, she does not. She she did not get gigantism. No, but uh, what was it? Uh, was it Billy? What was it? The guy from Princess Bride? I forgot. Yeah, the Billy name Crystal and uh, Reiner, the director. Uh, no, but what's his name? Was there too? Um, Carrie Carrie Yules. Carrie Elway. Yeah, Ellie? that guy. Where he said um, Andre drank and stuff because he was in pain, and I'm just like, oh, I just took a whole turn on every story you've ever heard. All the great stories about Andre drank drinking a hundred beers and passing outs. Like motherfuckers' knees and back were in constant pain. He was drinking himself asleep and you're like oh can i tell well, you who comes off as a i mean not that you didn't need to know this but man vince comes off extra sleazy in this thing there's a whole segment where he's like yeah andre basically came up to me and he said that's it boss not as in i'm retiring as i'm about to die and he's like yeah but first can you give me a wrestlemania match against hulk Hogan?" yeah that was some like, bullshit 
like that, thought, that no i was like oh vince Jesus i think Christ. if you're doing something based in reality and it's gonna have vince mcmahon in it and he doesn't come off as a sleazeball you didn't really well, capture reality well, they, also, they also have that whole bit in the thing staff where like hogan like apparently wrote the whole match or something did you catch that part that was yeah a bag of bullshit. Like, come on, man. By the way, Andre came back and wrestled in WCW at some point after the after he left WWE before he passed away. Just putting that out there. It's an interesting documentary. It was Bill Simmons' first HBO sports doc. That was the first one he wanted to do. Tell the story of Andre the Giant. I liked it a lot. It's just, sad. I don't know. It was, yeah, it was sad. It's like, I mean, it's like you watch 30 for 30s. It was like a 30 for 30 yeah. about Andre the Giant. Just a guy who knew what he was. He knew he was a supernova. He didn't expect to live long, and he lived his life kind of knowing he didn't expect to live long. It was like he interviewed his brothers, too. They're still alive and stuff, right? The people in that French town, you yeah. know? They don't just, have gigantism, right? No, no it was just him. <laughs> Mike, just, there's other parts of this man that he was big. Jesus. <laughs> Did you, um, Bob, you're on uh, Reddit. There was a cute little video clip that was circulating. It was like a little kid who didn't realize he ran into like Andre the Giant at the airport. It was just really old footage, and it's like a kid with his little suitcase like crashes into Andre's leg and keeps running without ever looking up. I never. I only saw the one of the little kid just staring up at Andre in awe. That was an image, though. I didn't see the video of anything. Dude, Andre was a. He was the first like super. He was a superstar. There was territory based wrestling, and everybody knew who he was. Who he was. There was no national TV for wrestling, and everybody knew who Andre the Giant was. That's all you need to know. He was on every in every territory. Um, yeah, I mean, it was just. I mean, do you want to talk about McMillions, Mike? Yeah, Mike. Sorry, we took we took this off the core, of course, here with your McMillions talk. No, no, that's fine. Um, well, for I think Bobby may not know what it is, but in in case you don't. Uh, McMillions is basically talking about that McDonald's uh, Monopoly game that you know. Oh, I heard of this. Sorry, I heard of this, but yeah, go ahead. Sorry. Yeah, and you remember how in the '90s when you played, like you always kind of felt like, man, there's no way I'm gonna get Park Place and Boardwalk, or man, there's no way I'm gonna get the instant million, uh, you know, prize. No, Mike, I think what it was, it was every everyone would get was it Park Place, and you wouldn't get the other one, so you get Park Place, you'd be like. Halfway to a million, I'm gonna do it. And you're like, dude, we all got park plays. We're all sitting on that other one. If those of you who have a Safeway grocery store are experiencing this right now during the Monopoly game where they said, You play Monopoly, and then you get three out of the four things, never get the fourth one, and they keep giving you coupons for yogurt. But yeah, Mike, go ahead. <laughs> well, anyway, um so between about like nineteen ninety five or ninety two, maybe even earlier. Up until about 2001, there essentially were no legitimate million-dollar winnings. It was a whole racket run by uh, one of the dudes that worked for the security company that did the Monopoly game and um, and the mob. Um, it was a six-part six-part documentary that HBO produced. Um, it was really interesting and really fun to watch. Fair enough. Um... Yeah, I honestly, I, I, I've been watch. I watched wrestling without a crowd on Friday, and it was oddly captivating. Someone compared it like when they were all doing promos. It was kind of like a like a Beckett play was the comparison I heard, and that's actually pretty apt. It was just silence while they just went in on each other. I thought that was kind of cool. Steph, did you catch any of those promos? Steph, you sorry, you're muted. Um, like that. I'm talking specifically about Bray Wyatt's promo. It was. I saw a little bit of the highlights. Um, my takeaway is I like everything that doesn't have an audience. Like everything, <laughs> I can hear everything better. Things are less intrusive. Um, Roman Reigns gave a good interview. Like, yeah. Uh, like, um, you know, my dude is Simon Miller, and one of the, his weekly segments when he makes fun of the WWE programming is uh, he has a segment called "No Nobody Talks Like That" because of just how wonkily scripted the phrasing and words are. And uh, after this uh, no audience SmackDown, he did the first ever "That's How People Talk" segment. Um, Question: so. Do you, did he mention, or do you think it's because maybe they write a script? It's like this is a ten minute script you're going to go through, and when they're out there, it's like I got something to say. Boo! 
for 10 seconds or some chant starts up and he's like, well, I got to cut 20 seconds out of this script now. So I got to go on to the next point and it's all disjuntled. But you get it all together. And it it's it's really it's- weird to be when there's no crowd, when you just take turns insulting each other is even more weird without a crowd. Like you're waiting for the guy to finish talking while he calls you a piece of shit. Well, it's my like- favorite part was it was it was said very tongue in cheek was uh, during the women's match when Nikki Cross snuck out of the crowd to do a surprise distraction, and they said she hid in the crowd, and no one noticed her. Like what? She was real what sneaky. Going huh? If there was no one in the audience, what crowd did she... Uh, that is the tongue-in-cheek That is the joke. That is the, the joke, the, the there, joke yeah. is she was sneaking through a sea of emptiness, and yet they acted like they didn't see her because wrestling is not real. And I really it's funny like- when they actually play off of that sometimes. I really like Triple H on commentary. And then Triple H grabbing the camera and filming because he says we're shorthanded. I need to be a cameraman. I honestly had a good time with all of Triple H's shenanigans. And I'm like, not saying he needs to be in charge, but I enjoyed this. It was well, good. This isn't, a, this isn't a wrestling podcast, but speaking of Triple H, did you hear the rumor that he allegedly got demoted? I don't think. I mean, yeah, allegedly. We'll see. I think he's still the one to take over because who else would it be? To be honest, I thought the rumors was Vince is going to sell. There's all sorts of rumors. I mean, I, I think Vince is. I think I think Vince is fucked in the XFL. By the way, I don't think that's coming back. It seems like it was a uh, not a bad product. It's, it'd be a shame if Corona is the thing that wipes it out. These type of like unexpected halts really will end shit. Like on a much smaller scale. Do you guys remember like the writer strike with TV? Uh, it was like it killed heroes. It killed heroes. It killed my beloved Pushing Daisies. It killed that. Some sh- uh, uh, it killed Everybody Loves Chris. There's a bunch of shows that just don't come back. Like Friday Night Lights. That second season was dog shit. Yeah, it's just like something, can I like, um can I break some football news since we're on a football topic? My heart just sunk, Bobby. The uh, Las Vegas Raiders have signed Marcus Mariota. You gotta get a Raider jersey. <laughs> oh man, I'm sad now. I don't like the Raiders. I was gonna is say gonna, it was a, gonna be like the backup, or, or he no. might start. Man, Derek start. Carr's no good. What do you mean he's gonna be the third string quarterback when Tommy Brady shows up? Man, what are you talking about here? <laughs> third string, Marcus Mariota. <laughs> so if we're gonna talk about football real quickly, the Texans that that they gotta get a new general manager. <laughs> that oh, was the, God, that was such a shit trade. Yeah, uh, Marcus. I know you don't care about video games, um, but the, I mean you don't care about football, but. This trade was so bad that they put it in Madden, and the game said it wouldn't accept the trade, and it said offer more stuff. So it's how bad of a trade we got in real life today from in the NFL. Um, I was always going to whisper when you said this isn't a, a, a football podcast. I was like, no, please don't. <laughs> <laughs> um, did we get to, by the way, did we play any basketball games with no crowd, or we never got that far with the Warriors? No, we never got that far. We were going to, and then Rudy Gobert was careless. Oh, Rudy Gobert killed every sport at once. <laughs> I feel kind of bad for Rudy Gobert because, I mean, they made him out to be like a pariah. But, I mean, come on. Who wasn't making Corona jokes before that? I don't think it was going to happen. It, the video clip of him intentionally touching all the mics on the table, that was just a bad look. <laughs> Did, I like that someone mashed it up with the uh, Curb Your Enthusiasm thing. The music. Oh, that made they me do laugh. that with everything. That made me laugh, though. That was good. You shouldn't be touching people's microphones either way, regardless of your jokes. Um, I think it is important to remember, uh, like, this event, and, I mean, so there was no basketball. What, was How many sporting events did they play where there was no one in attendance for Corona besides uh, UFC? Was there anything? Uh, I think some hot, soccer. I think some soccer, soccer games. Yeah. Soccer. Yeah. And, and I mean, because this will for sure become jeopardy questions right like what what sporting event had like the lowest attendance and he'll be one of these things like oh ufc fight night 170 had eight people in official attendance because of you know this is it, it, i think while it kind of sucks that everything stopped and entertainment will basically cease to exist and that's why you have to listen to this podcast now because you only like MMA and there's no fights you're digging 15 deep uh, but this event will be forever known, if only for the footnote that like it was going on during this weird pandemic and was probably one of the only few sporting events to not have you know someone in a sense. So I think it's kind of interesting. Um, by the way, all these stories about the players are going to pay for like this arena's fa- uh, workers' salaries and those arena workers' salaries are all nice stories. But then you remember they're doing it in lieu of the billionaire owners. 
that own the teams and the arenas. So those are really fun stories. I heard a decent defense of that. Is like people were outraging like one day into it. Like no uh, one had time to react or get a plan in that's play. Fair. The only reason Mark Cuban did it was because he was on camera at the like when they broke it and they just like stuck a mic in his face, you know? Like you gotta give time for people to get their houses in order. I'm sure there's gonna be some stingy billionaire asshole out there. Probably the Pelicans owner. Uh, I would say Poods lady. Uh but, you know, I'm sure some of them are going to go do stuff. I, I don't think... I, sh- no one fair. knew this was happening. Like, I went to Hawaii, and shit is crazy since I got back. So stuff happens fast, you know? Did you see I, that thing? You guys see that? Why don't you uh, tell us a, bit, a, bit, a little bit about that? Yeah, we have no formal stuff we like at this point. Just start talking. <laughs> I mean, Hawaii was fun. Uh, you know, it seemed like a safe haven. It had zero reported cases of the coronavirus. And then on my last day, the, the story broke. Some asshole flew in from Washington with it. Was our first like confirmed case. He went straight from the airport to the hospital. So uh, you know that's how shit happens. Um, I love Hawaii. It's always a great time. Uh, my family, we all there. You know, my brother, my sisters, their families and kids. Um, we had five birthdays in March in our family to celebrate. So it was a big thing, big milestone for our mom. Um, it was really we kind of lucked out. There was a really cool street festival going down uh, the main street uh, past Waikiki Beach. Um, weather was crazy, though. Um, you know, early March is not really the time of year to go to a tropical island. You know, in five minutes, you got this hot, beating sun down you, and then all of a sudden you have a tropical cold shower, and then it's hot again, and then the wind gets, like, super gusty and, like, can lift you up, like, you know, for five seconds. It just was erratic, um, but, you know, it was a nice time. Uh-oh. Stefan, you've muted yourself somehow or just got disconnected by something? Is your dog around? What'd your dog do? <laughs> You're, so we still can't hear you. Stefan will be back with Hawaii. Well, anyway, hey, Mark, why yeah. don't you tell us your thoughts on Hawaii and uh, the fact that I bet it was a white dude who came in from Washington and, you know, infected the uh, the, the island. Uh, sure. Never. Well, been. Why, why, why are we making those assumptions? <laughs> have, you, have, you, have you been to Washington State? Bobby, it's 2020. The white man is is the, the the cause of every problem in the world, and I'm here to take on that blame. Because look, did, it's did, about did, forever. Did, guys, uh, did you guys enjoy that I went to Mark with that particular question? <laughs> we might want to make it clear how white Mark. Really- oh, I'm white. They, they can tell Bobby about how I talk. <laughs> They've been listening to this podcast long enough. They know. There's a bunch of not white people and then one white guy. <laughs> He's the one that talks uh. to the cop. Right? No, um, I cannot expand on Stefan's love of Hawaii. I've never been. This white boy does not get out too much. You got to keep I, it white, Mike. I, I went to Hawaii once and I went to a, a luau and they had a performer. And I'm, I was like 90% sure it was former WCW television champion Prince Ayakia. Bobby, and, are you and, sure you didn't see this in a movie? Because that just sounds like a movie scene. No, Resort. I watched this. I watched. <laughs> I thought it was Prince Ayakia. No one remembers what Prince Ayakia was. He wasn't good, which is possible, I thought. I'm like, he wasn't that good. He might have this job. Never got clarification on that. Stefan's back to tell you real stuff about Hawaii if he's got any left. Um, I mean, food is delicious, right? You, you know how many spam musubis I got? You just walk into any one of these ABC corner stores... Basically, there's one family in Hawaii who owns like every single convenience store, and there's like three of them on every block. But man, Stefan's internet is Stick. fucked. Your internet Mark, is fucked, brother. Steph. You still there? All right, I guess it's going out. Uh, <laughs> Steph, I have a I have one question for you on Hawaii, and um, I will judge you if you didn't go to this place. Did you go? Did you go to 88 T's? 88 T's. Is that <laughs> an know, online store? I would have pegged, I would have pegged you as a Terrace House fan. What that is? I know you're all kinds of words, Mike. Excellent. You're about to judge me, Steph. You never yeah. watched Terrace House, the uh, basically the Japanese real world show. The fuck no, is... I have not. <laughs> I, I think you misread Stefan entirely. Stefan's got a look on his face like, "What vibe have I given off the mic over the last like nine no, years they, of knowing him?" From what I know, and I know nothing. But positive things about Terrace House. <laughs> Stefan's gonna love it if he ever watches it, and so will I. And apparently, so will the rest of the world. That's good. That's the the, the vibe no. I've got from everyone talking about Terrace House. Spec- specific- specifically, that would be the type of show Stefan would like. It's a Japanese show. Yep. 
It's, it's like a reality-based TV show, and it's like they fall in love, right? And it's supposed to be cute and shit. That's a reality show, and I have to imagine if it's Japanese, it's like super cute. It's super clean. Yes. Like it's yes. like really no, wholesome no, and the opposite of like the alcoholic train wrecks that yeah, Americans yeah. are. It, it is not like the real world. Um, people aren't hooking up every which way. Like there's a whole bu- bunch of dating, but it's real wholesome. Oh, look, I like most Japanese things. I have a story about it, uh, Japan now. So my niece Ori, who's always been like one of the ones who's closest to me, uh, she's in art school right now and she's become a total little anime weeb. Um, so I love her even more. So she, her family did the uh, Pearl Harbor uh, memorial at you watch beforehand now before you actually go on the boat and take the thing. Um, and all I got was text from my sister is that uh, Ori's takeaway from this is uh, the Japanese are actually kind of mean. Like they're actually uh, they did some messed up things. Like oh, Japan is not just video games and anime. And then you just tell her go to chapter three. You see how that yeah. gets kind of reversed around, and now we're the bad guys. So. Yeah. Um. So I mean, you probably maybe you don't want to tell your niece, but you should probably tell her. Yeah. The Japanese were kind of dicks between like 1912 to 1945. Oh, yeah. It's everything after. It's like the guy, to bring this whole circle, it's like the Chernobyl guy who's going to make Last of Us. It wasn't great in the early going. There were a lot of bumps along the way, but recently he's been knocking it out of the park. Hey, guys, honest question. What's the last season of Real World you guys actually remember watching? Ooh. The one with uh, the Miz. That's what I was going to say. That's the one, that the one with the Miz. Number ten. Unless that was after. Unless that was before Hawaii. I distinctly was, remember Hawaii. I was Hawaii was after Hawaii. <laughs> like, yeah, Hawaii the last... was before Back to New York. When um, was New Orleans? Because I remember New Orleans because I had the guy singing "Come on, be my baby tonight." New Orleans, that one too. New Orleans was before Back to New York as well. Come on, had that guy and um, CT and CT. I forever remember. All Asian people remember CT because on one of those gauntlet real world road rules challenges. They all they're on the island. They have rice, and CC starts complaining. Where's the salt and butter for the rice? And every <laughs> single butter. Asian person I know is the fuck puts butter in rice. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Middle Eastern people put butter in rice. <laughs> yeah, Hispanic people don't do that shit either. <laughs> I mean, no, salt, okay, yeah, so, so, so the one with uh, the Miz, then the ten I, is the last I, one I, I remember watching. The last one I remember seeing was Las Vegas before or after New York. Back to New York. Vegas sounds familiar. Okay, Bob, the Bob, Vegas one too. With the bomb, right? What season are they on now? I have no idea. Do they still do regular real world? Honest question. Uh, that's what I was hoping you would tell me and I would find out that answer. Now I, I got to Google I'm, it. You guys, I remember the Hawaii one. There was that one girl who's just a straight alcoholic. Ruthie. Uh, yeah. And I remember like, we should get this girl some real help. Like, why is she on this TV show? Let's not forget the, uh, the black dude on that show, Tech, ended up being an MCB VJ for a while. He had charisma. They liked him. He did. And then again, I think the biggest star to ever come out of the real world is the fucking Miz, man. None of the other guys made him at the WrestleMania. I'm just putting that out there. Um, the um, the Asian chick from real world San Diego is married to Brian Greenberg. Is she an actor- actress? She is, yeah. Is she, was on, uh, she was on Gotham, wasn't she? Wasn't she Chun-Li? Are we talking about Chun-Li? Yeah, that one. Yeah, she was Chun Li. That was not a good movie. She was real bad in that one. <laughs> yeah, I I was never a Road Rules guy. Just saying, I think I watched less than like five episodes of Road Rules ever. Road I enjoyed, ever. I enjoyed Road Rules before they started doing the voting off thing. Um, I wasn't a fan of that. Yeah, I've really taken this conversation to a place there's no exit. So, <laughs> whatever anybody's got. Mark, what's going on with games right now? Uh, yeah, thanks for asking. There actually is quite a bit happening in games. Fucking finally! It's like almost mid-end March, um, and it's been a bit of a dry spell. But this week, two huge releases. Uh, Doom Eternal is, you know, I don't know. I hesitate to say if that's the big release this week. Because you have Doom Eternal, which is the sequel to the 2016 doom which was actually a surprisingly really interest interestingly uh and kind of deep mechanical first person shooter um that surprised a lot of people but we also on the other the complete other spectrum of video games uh animal crossing new horizon also comes out and there's been much a fanfare about both these games coming out on the same day i don't know if you uh gentlemen are into the memes of sorts but there are lots of little pictures of the Doom Slayer, which if 
you're unfamiliar with Doom. He's just a big kind of space marine guy. And uh, Isabel from uh, Animal Crossing, who is a very cute, anamorphic little puppy dog, kind of being cute together and also badass at the same time because these games are coming out at the same time. And the communities have kind of like banded together and say like, oh, we hope both games don't sell well and are huge successes, which given our current climate, just seems like that's going to be even more the case. But um, to expand upon both shortly, uh, Doom 2016, which I don't know if any of you guys played, uh, you would think, you know, Doom is a very, is the first and a very standard first person shooter game where you're basically walking down corridors, there are demons, you shoot them, you eventually get cooler guns to kill them and fight bigger demons. And pretty much the main mechanic of the game was finding key cards and unlocking doors and going to the next level. Doom 2016 really kind of put a twist on first person shooters overall, where you're still in arenas fighting a bunch of demons, but the resource management that you have to kind of control in that game is like how much ammo you have, how your health's doing and your body armor. And usually in the old games, that stuff's just lying around. You collect it while you fight stuff. Uh, in Doom 2016, they basically have a mechanic where if you hurt the enemy enough, you can do like a fancy close-up kill, and they would drop more ammo, or they would drop more health. I think it was more health if you did those, and then you would get gasoline for a chainsaw. You kill the guy's chainsaw, you get ammo. So it became a really interesting dynamic where you're not just, okay, who am I going to kill in this room to finish it the quickest, but it's like, who am I going to set up for this type of kill so I can get more ammo because I'm running low on this gun? And then once I get that, okay, now I'm low on health, so I need to do this type of kill. So it really kind of expanded upon just shooting and killing everything in the room and kind of added strategy and interesting mechanics to kind of placate into thinking a little bit more deeply about what you're doing in the game, which is really cool. And it actually makes for a really fun, satisfying gameplay loop. Animal Crossing, as Steph can attest to, is a game I have some history with and I've always been a big fan of. Uh, <clears throat> I guess we can tell the story since we might as well, Steph, right? Because we're just killing time. Uh, but me and our friend Eddie were very excited for Animal Crossing, which was a GameCube exclusive. Steph was the only person in our friend group that had a GameCube. I honestly, Steph, do you remember? We just talked you into buying it, right? Like, I don't remember. I don't, maybe we chipped in too. I honestly don't know. It was one of those things where it was like, yeah, I was the only one who had a GameCube, and there wasn't exactly a lot out for the GameCube at the time. You know, I think I bought the GameCube purely on the premise that I wanted the Resident Evil remake at the time, and like I didn't know it would come out because I remember Mario Sunshine came out. It was it was different, you know. I just didn't hold my appeal. It was not one of my favorite Mario games. But then, yeah, you guys sold me on Animal Crossing is coming, baby. This is a game changer. This is going to be the best game of all time. Yeah. So we and I don't think we ever really got Steph on board. We got him enough to like buy in and to buy the game more or less for us. And then so yeah, me and Eddie we were just super excited about this big open world that had this like evolving time and things would change like as real time changed and we ended up playing it and just absolutely falling in love and just playing it literally I think like all night. It literally got to the point where it was like four o'clock in the morning and it's like all the dumb animal people are sleeping because it's four in the morning. There's literally nothing to do anymore. I guess we have to go to bed. And it was just a really fun You might not have said, uh, Mark and Eddie came over to my house to, like, had a sleep. We had a sleepover, you know? That's kids did back then um, to play this game. Um, And not only were they up all night, um, I went to bed super early. Why? I hated this game. I thought it was so goddamn boring. Like, an hour into this, and I'm like, this is what you guys convinced me to buy? I hate this game. And it was like 10 p.m. Mark and Eddie are having a blast. And you know, like I was there like in the living room playing this game. And I'm like, you know what? I'm going to bed, guys. Like, enjoy. Enjoy this stupid game that I wasted my money on. Because what? We're in like middle school, early high school back at this time. And it's yeah. like buying a video game is a lot of money when you're that age. All right. That's like all my money I had for that month. And yeah, I hated that game. <laughs> I just did not. It just I, I don't know if I expected something different or uh, maybe my sensibilities just weren't ready for that type of at the time but yeah mark and eddie had a blast i hated it um and i, I don't think i ever played it again after that night to be honest yeah uh it, it, but it, it was always a lasting memory so this is the new animal crossing that's coming out for switch um there hasn't been an animal crossing since that gamecube one on console so that's really exciting i'm really excited to get to play a new one right as it launches um and i'm also excited i kind of talked my wife christine into it uh, i think she's really going to enjoy it she's liked other similar games like stardew valley so this is going to be a really natural transition for her. Uh, but the last thing I want to mention, Bob, and not to, I know I'm taking a bunch of time talking about video games and shit, but uh, I do have to say 
because I talk about my boys, easy allies, any chance I get. Uh, not news for you guys. Horrible, catastrophic news for me personally. Uh, one of my favorite members of the Easy Allies is leaving. Uh, Kyle Bossman just announced that he's going to be leaving at the end of oh, April. No, he's the best one. And I've, I've talked about Kyle a lot because he's done a lot of interesting things with Easy Allies and game trailers and just has a very unique view on things and has really creative ideas. And it's just really generally really funny. Uh, so he announced that he's going to be leaving at the end of April. And yeah, it's really shitty because that is going to drastically change that channel. Uh, I when they form like Voltron, I honestly think he's kind of the heart of it. So to lose him is like a really vital part. But I'm also just, he basically said that, you know, he wasn't feeling uh, fulfilled uh, being at the Easy Allies anymore. He needed to find whatever that main thing that was going to like push him and be his like main focus uh, for his life. He needed to find out what that was and it wasn't uh, doing YouTube videos. So I can absolutely respect that. Like I mentioned, he's done, he created a puppet show anime and a uh, Game Boy game, he just he has a knack for creating, and I think that's really his desire. I think he's looking for avenues where he could do that more efficiently than uh, solo independent. So yeah, uh, all the best to him. It's definitely going to be a bit of a change. Uh, but yeah, so it's kind of sad news. But you know, we still get a month left, over a month, to kind of hang out with him before he leaves. And he mentioned he's going to be doing a streaming whenever he kind of like gets settled back in. But uh, yeah. So I just want to mention that stuff because that's stuff I like this week. If that's the thing we're doing, yeah. I mean, it pretty much this whole podcast is that. I mean, I just saw a thing earlier. I have a lot of stuff I like. Um, you guys familiar with Virgil, the former pro wrestler, with his wonderful yeah, meme, cons. Meme? yeah. his cons, right? Uh, I, so I, he, I met him uh, at uh, uh, was it WonderCon that we had back when we still had yep. a con. Um, yeah. I dropped my Bart ticket, um, and he picked it up. And I did not acknowledge that I recognized who he was, but I thanked him for the gesture. He he put that picture of himself everybody sees online of him with nobody around him at a table. It says Virgil Super Wrestling Superstar. He posted it on the internet today and just wrote social distancing. And I'm like, yeah, all right, Virgil. I got gotcha. you. Well he done. Knows. Well done, brother. I enjoyed that. <laughs> um, it's strange times, folks. I mean, I don't know. We've been talking for about an hour. Is anybody else think anybody got anything else they want to say? I mean, this is this no, is going to be the reality. I got yeah. it off my chest. Those are all the things I needed. I'm gonna probably have watched. Stefan, your internet sucks. No, it's not. That it sucks. I keep accidentally muting. Well, now you just froze. Nah, your internet sucks today. So your okay. internet's letting you down. Look, there's um, too many people on the internet. Everyone's home now. Okay. It's too many people. I'm I'm weirdly happy about that because it's normally my internet that sucks. So, yeah. Oh, I got one last thing I like. I got myself a mortar and pestle, a Mexican one called a a mocajate, I think. Mike, help me out here. I know you're not Mexican, but do you know how to say this word? This word, mocajate? No. (laughs) Okay. You want to like fuck it? M-O-L-C-A-J-E-T-E. Yeah, I don't know, man. Okay, wait, maybe way to make a fucking effort, man. Um, <laughs> I got myself. I'm, 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 my, my guacamole at the house by myself is gonna be incredible. All right, it's gonna be great. I will say, like, I don't know. Pretty much every lat- old Latino household has a mortar and pestle already. Did you not have one already? No, we don't do that stuff. Oh, that's, that's that's actually how we make our guacamole. Yeah, there's my guac. There's my, no one can see this. We're not a visual medium here. But I'm showing Mike my mortar and pestle. I, I can't confirm he is showing the mortar and pestle. It looks pretty nice. Yeah. And if he ever wants to make potions like a witch, he can do that now as well. Oh, yeah. Uh, that would be a warlock, Mike. A uh, That is a male witch, a warlock. Bobby, hit me one time with some double-double boil in trouble. Come on. I don't know I don't know what that is. So, so man, he, man. We got to take that mortal, <laughs> that pedestal mortal from him. He doesn't deserve it yet. I don't know what that is at all. <laughs> Well, not even the slightest idea. Look it up on the internet. It's a, it's a very common witch thing to say when they're over. The- I could I, I couldn't get you to help me out with how to say mocahate. Fuck you. I'm not googling your <laughs> Come shit. Come on, Bobby. We all watch Hocus Pocus. This is we not an improv podcast. There's no yes and. There's yeah. no and fuck you. Yeah, there's no there's no and fuck you. Um. By the way, Mike and I are gonna have a really good time trying to get our money back for all these flights and hotels we booked. Oh, that's for Europe. The government's I, gonna get on that. I love stuff. that my return flight from the Netherlands was um, through Norwegian, 
and Norwegian might be out of business in the next oh. 36 hours. D did you did you get the email from them saying you can get cash reward or cash? You get the points, not cash, but you can use points if you cancel your own flight. Oh, no, they didn't like, even give you that. I think they just, yeah. They fuck you. We're keeping your money. Uh, yeah, I was telling our friend Phil got that, and I'm like, Phil, if they're gonna give you credit to fly an airline, that's not gonna exist. <laughs> it's not gonna do anything for you. It's very similar to that movie Dumb and Dumber when Jim Carrey and uh, well, I forget who who played the other guy, but uh, Jeff Daniels. Jeff Daniels, yes, thank you. When Jim Carrey and Jeff Daniels start taking money from the suitcase and they replace it with IOUs because they're just as good as money. Exactly. Um, I was gonna go to Vegas in two weeks. That's not happening. <laughs> they literally closed the entire strip down today. All the all the all the hotels. Is it a weird thought I was thinking earlier that um strippers must be hit, getting hit by this pretty hard right now? I don't know. I saw Fifty Cent was at the strip club. He doesn't seem to care. <laughs> you should probably just for your own health practice social distancing from strippers. Just. In general, what are you talking about? <laughs> Strippers are covered in antiseptic. Okay, well, that's like that's the, all that place. That place smells like antiseptic and cigarettes. That's what. Well, what was that? Uh, Ron Swanson line where he said, "I'm pretty sure all the women in here are running a low grade fever." That was one of the best Ron Swanson lines ever in Parks and Rec, man. I lost it when he said that. <laughs> um. All right, guys. Um. I hope you enjoyed this. I don't know. We did our best. Was this good um, for you? We we're gonna see based on the numbers when we have twelve people listening, and you know four of them are. Dude, we're gonna get like eight thousand people are gonna run oh, through that's the podcast. Gonna You're be like, "What's this? It's Amamaza." Okay, I don't know what it's talking about. <laughs> um, and of course, happy three sixteen day to you all who are actually listening to this on Monday, and the rest of you, happy St. Patrick's Day that doesn't really exist. So, be back next week. Um, I doubt we're going to be predict. I mean, we're going to be. I mean, if there is Tony and Khabib, I don't think that's in two weeks anyway. I don't think that's till the 18th. So I'm still we'll taking it's not happening. I think that's. I think know. next week we'll have more structured filler than this week where it was kind of loosey goosey. Yeah, we're all going to watch. The hey, I watched Pete Davidson stand up special. I'll talk about that next week. Good. I, I mean, we want. I'm, I'm trying to leave a fucking teaser here, Mike. So <laughs> we'll talk about it next week. Tune in next week <laughs> to find out that it was not good. Honestly, it's only 40 minutes long. You can probably watch it yourself. That's <laughs> ah, okay. Um, see you guys next week. Um, I was Dr. Law. That was Kid Presentable. That was DJ Mark. And that was Lavender Gooms. Uh, see y'all next week. Peace out. See ya. See ya. Cheers. Cheers.